Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Adventures of a New You. I'm your host, Jen Park, a social worker and fellow adventurer. This is episode number 47 on the podcast, and today I'm going to chat about setting boundaries professionally. First, let me say, I apologize in advance. I think I'm a little raspy today, not feeling so great, but I really wanted to get this out to you. And second, I wanted to preface this by explaining that I recently was having a conversation about what my goals are and what my plans are and and how I'm going to get there. And I've been doing like a lot of thinking about the podcast because my goal is to be working with moms specifically in the helping professions because we all have a lot of compassion fatigue and vicarious trauma that when you're in like a helping profession such as social work, nursing, even teaching, there's just a lot that we put of ourselves into our work every single day. And when you are pulled in that direction and pulled in the parenting direction and pulled in all the directions that life pulls you in, I just think that there's so much that, that we all have in common and that we all go through and that we could all use a little help with. So bear with me as I kind of move in that direction. I'm still keeping the name Adventures of a New You. And obviously, I think that a lot of the information that I plan to share is going to be good for basically anybody who wanted to jump in and listen. But that's going to be a little bit more of my focus. So come on this ride with me. So for today, I want to talk about setting work-life boundaries, because I know that's something that that we all struggle with. And if you're in a job such as a helping profession, then your job is to show up for others every single day. And you do. Undoubtedly, you do. No matter what you're going through personally or professionally, you get dressed, you show up, and you give the individuals that you're working with your all. But what about you? We've all attended the compassion fatigue training after training, after training, after training. But are any of them very helpful? No, you know they're not. And I can preach to you about self-care. And I know that I get a little preachy about self-care sometimes. But I also know that your eyes are rolling. Who has time for that, right? But here's the thing. If you don't make some time and pace yourself, you're never going to make it for the long haul. There's something I've said at work for years that, that, you know, there's these new younger girls who always come in and they're always like, go, 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 go. All your stuff has to be done on time. Sure. Yeah, that's great. In an ideal world, it's great that all your paperwork's done on time. But at the end of the day, if you're not like pacing yourself and putting in good work and taking time for yourself and taking care of yourself, then your paperwork can be, you know, up to the minute, but you're not, let's be honest, you're doing shit work out there. And that is my opinion. And, and that is my opinion. And this is my podcast. So I can state my opinion. If you're not out there really doing good work, then what are you doing? Why are you even here? If you're out there and you're doing your best every single day and you are showing up for the people that you work with, That's what's important, is that you are giving them the best version of yourself. But you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. 
So if you only plan on doing this for a few years or until you have your baby, then, then go ahead and tune out. You know, turn this episode off. This isn't for you. This is probably not going to be all that helpful to you. But if your career plan is to work in the helping profession, then you might want to lean in and hold on. We've all had days that we literally feel like we might break. Everybody, I think everybody, not just in the helping profession, I think in a lot of professions and even in parenthood, you have those days where you literally feel like you might break. There's just days when there's like emergency after emergency on top of emergency and then another emergency. You're putting out fires left and right. Or when you have something going on at home, but you still need to show up at the office a sick kid, that's the, that is the worst when your kid is sick, but you know, you have like X, Y, Z going on at the office and like, you'll have to, you have to, you feel like you have to be there, but you have to be home with your sick kid. Those are the days you literally feel like you might break or days when your heart is literally breaking because there was a tragedy, but how do you get through it? You rephrase, how do you work through it? Because Getting through it isn't enough. We have to like work through it and really find our way to make peace with what's going on, not just like put one foot in front of the other and get to the next day. You can't just show up at work and and just be. You have to lean in and deal with what's really going on. This is a tricky part because there's no exact formula on how to get through this or work through this. It's a compilation of self-care, support, camaraderie, and sometimes even just some self-soothing. Self-soothing, sorry. So today I have for you a few ways to help set those work-life boundaries so that you can continue to show up as the best version of yourself and curb compassion fatigue. So number one, there's five tips for you. Number one is to take control of what you can. In helping professions, there are so many things that are beyond our control. But there are things that we can absolutely control. We control the way that people speak to us. We can control the way that we speak to other people. We can control what we allow to come at us or what we schedule in a day. To a degree, obviously, when you have emergencies, you can't always do that. But but you control your schedule. Again, going back to energetic time management. I know it's like a little preachy because it's like everything, but everything goes back to that. If you set yourself up to have the day scheduled the way that you would like to feel, if you are able to have your appointments so that they're, you know, in a line in one day and then you have a separate office day or that's social work either. So everybody's a little bit different, but if you can set your day to be scheduled the way that you want to feel, that's really going to help you feel like you have control over the situation. And there are other little things that you can do to make yourself feel like you have control. Some of these kind of like roll into each other, planning breaks, planning time for yourself, planning professional development uh, so that you're better equipped to handle situations. All of these are things that you have control over. You can seek out guidance. You can, in social work, we call it cultural competency. You can be always looking to learn and grow about, you know, a new 
culture that you're working with, whether that's the drug culture, a specific ethnicity, any of that, you have the power and the ability to control what you're taking in. The second tip is to be intentional. At the beginning of each day, consider what your intention, what your intention is for that day. This is not your to-do list. That's for another episode. This is considering how you want to feel. Again, back to energetic time management. But for example, you want to feel grounded or you want to be more mindful or more self-aware. You want to practice your patience. These are all things that you, if you are mindful of, that you can set the intention for your day and be conscious of the decisions that you're making around how you want to feel and how you want things to look for you. Sometimes it's hard to separate your to-do list from, from your intentions, but because they do get a little blurry, but, but it's not your to-do list. It's, it's literally like that you want to feel accomplished, which that's when if when is that kind of feeling that does really tie into your to-do list, but it's not about checking off boxes in your list. It's about how you want to feel going into that day. A lot of times this has to do with you might physically need to feel rested or you might need to, to launch a new project, but you want to feel prepared or you want to feel, I think that's the big one for me is feeling prepared, feeling rested. And those aren't always things that happen at the office. Sometimes that's stuff, that's homework you have to do at home, like making sure that you, you know, were up on time and that you, if you're a morning workout person, they, you got your workout in before you get to the office because you can feel so accomplished before you ever even get to the office and that is going to set up your day for success. Number three is to plan breaks, actually taking a lunch, planning days off. Sometimes in stressful work, we neglect to take care of ourselves and we skip meals. We all know we do it. There's days where I know you don't go to the bathroom because that's just how it goes. And we just keep pushing through. It's important that we schedule downtime for ourselves. This can literally be as simple as taking a day off. I know I say as simple as be, taking a day off is not always that simple, but but know that, that that's something that you can do. Take the day off. I, honestly, I would even say take the afternoon off, but we all know that sometimes once you go into work, there's no leaving until it's done. So sometimes you have to protect yourself and literally take the entire day. To even just to go to a simple doctor's appointment, right? Sometimes you have to take the entire day. Schedule a week off. And I'm not talking about necessarily planning a crazy vacation and and taking and spending a whole bunch of money because sometimes we're just not in that position. But sometimes having a staycation where you literally, even if you are just doing your things off, things, oh my gosh, your things at home that you need to get done. Like schedule that time out of the office. Give your brain that break, that reset. Step out of there. Step away from there. Have, a, have that staycation. Or sometimes it's, it's something as simple as scheduling lunch, taking a lunch, because you know you don't do it. I don't do it. <laughs> I'm working on it. That's why I'm presenting it to you, because it's something that we all need to do. Are you going to get to do it every day? No, let's be honest. Like if you're really in a helping profession, do you get a break every day? No, you don't like that's adorable. It's really adorable. But, 
but taking, even I'm talking you take 10 minutes, 15 minutes, step away from your desk. I don't care if you go hide in the car, you hide in the bathroom, you hide in the conference room when nobody's using it. Take that time for yourself. Walk away from your phone, walk away from your email and take that physical break, that physical reset. So like let your brain turn off for a few minutes and then restart. Another great way to do this is by scheduling lunch like it's an appointment. Whether you schedule it with yourself or you schedule it with a coworker, a peer, a mentor, someone. Sometimes for me, if I'm scheduling it with a coworker, a peer, a mentor, I feel better about it because I feel like it's still like working. It's not working. It's like, but it's me connecting to my tribe and having that time with others to get new ideas or influences. <clears throat> I am by no means telling you that you need to pack your lunch either. I hate packing my lunch. It's a thing for me. But make sure that you have food with you. Social work one-on-one teaches you to always have a non-perishable snack with you. And I think a lot of other professions teach you that too. You never know. Are you going to get to eat today? But if you have something with you and you've had the forethought and you set the intention that you're going to eat today, then you're more likely to be able to do that. You all know the basics of self-care and eating is one of them. And you know this, it's just like a gas tank and you can't run on empty. Your body can't run without fuel. You need to feed yourself. (coughs) Sorry. All right. Number four is to have your tribe. I mentioned this about scheduling lunches with, with a peer, a mentor, a coworker, a friend. Surround yourself with coworkers and mentors that you can learn from. And not just that you can learn from, but ideally with people that you have a similar practice style with and that have the same outlook as you. A lot of times in helping professions, there are people who just are so negative or become so negative because, you know, they have compassion fatigue or they've been in for the biz for too long or they just have too much going on at home, at work, and they're just like negative Nancy. Steer clear of those people. Those people are not going to lift you up. You need to surround yourself with positive people, positive energies that are going to help bring you up and that you can do the same for them. Like, you know, it's a give and take relationship. Like you can't find someone that's like all positive and you're like, give me all your positivity. It doesn't work like that. You have to like have the give and take, have the share back and forth that you guys are there for each other. You can bounce ideas off. You can have good conversation professionally, personally, whatever it is. And that you also, when negative things happen, because let's be honest, in helping professions, tragedies happen. Bad shit happens. You need those people to be able to turn to when things go wrong. When you're having a hard time, when you need support, you need to be able to turn to somebody and say, like, I'm really struggling here. And let's be honest, a lot of times when bad things happen at work, especially in, in our kinds of professions, You can't talk to your family about it. You can't talk to your mom. You can't talk to your boyfriend. You can't talk to your husband. You can't talk to your best friend and say, and I'm not going to traumatize you with like our bad stuff, my bad stuff, that, that something horrible happened today and I need someone to talk about it. You need to have your close work friends that you can share with because they know what's going on, especially like, you know, people that you actually work with in your own office or or 
profession similar to you, they, they understand, they know the shit that you go through, but you, you need to be able to count on them and they need to be able to count on you when these kinds of things happen. So build up that tribe, surround yourself with, you know, good coworkers and positive energies in your office, in your business that can support you when things aren't going well and that you can in turn do that for them too. The last one I have is try to separate work and home. I know, I know this is so easy for me to say. And, and it's really, really hard. It's really hard when, when big things are happening at home, it's hard not to let that creep in at work or let that be on your mind at work. When big things are happening at the office, like I said, like, and you can't talk to your family or your friends about what's really going on. It's really hard to turn that work day off and step into your home and, and be, you know, your best self at home, be the best mom that you can be at home. But this is something that we all need to practice doing. One way to do this is to create a physical separation of work and home. Some agencies are now allowing social workers and and lots of other businesses to work from home. This is a blessing and a curse. Having your work sitting on your kitchen table, staring at you in the face can be absolutely daunting. So if you are in a position where you have the ability to work from home, then ideally you try to find a space that you can maybe close the door on or close the curtain, put some kind of physical barrier. Or if you are someone who likes to work from the kitchen table, it's a good spot. Um, Then you need to, just like you do in the office and when you're leaving for the day, pack it up, put it away, get it off the kitchen table, set that physical time, physical barrier separation between your work time and your family time. Put it away. And honestly, I don't care if you're a single person. Put it away. Pack it up. I don't care if it takes five minutes and it makes your life more complicated. I'm telling you, physically not seeing that stuff all sitting on your kitchen table, taunting you that there's still seven million hours of work that could be done is going to make you feel so much better. So pack it up. Put it away. Whether you are you're someone who leaves your work stuff in the car, go put it in the car at the end of the day or put it in a closed room that you don't see it at the end of the day so that you physically have set that intention. You physically set that barrier to turn the day off. Another thing is if you have a work cell phone, turn it off. When you're done your day, turn it off. Maybe you put a a message on your outgoing voicemail that says my my cell phone is on between 8.30 and 4.30 or whatever your business hours are. Please leave a message and I'll get back to you, you know, the following business day. You, you can do it nicely. You can set those boundaries with your clients. Set those boundaries with your workers if you're a supervisor. I mean, obviously you have to respond to emergencies and, and that's fine. I um, Actually, I have my workers tell me when they are done their day and they're home safe. I just need to know. That's my... It's my stuff. Not every supervisor is like that, but I need to know that everyone is safe and accounted for and I, I know that they're good. But if you, even if, you know, you're a worker, you're a supervisor, turn your work phone off because if that phone is ringing, like you're going to look, you're going to, and then you're going to wonder, and then your mind's going to be racing and you're going to need to know, and then you're probably going to jump in and figure it out. You can't, 
you can't let that be. I still have, I swear, it's like PTSD of that um, way back in the day we had one set after hours phone. And I still have like daunting moments where I'm like, ah, the after hours phone. Like that ringtone is something you'll never forget. And just knowing that like God knows what kind of mess is on the other side of that. I literally haven't done an after hours shift since pretty sure since I was pregnant. My son's 10. But still, I can remember it like it's yesterday, that phone ringing. Because you can't turn that phone off. But your day-to-day cell phone, you can turn it off. Or if you are somebody who uses your personal cell phone, there's different things like, um, like Google has phone numbers that you can, and I think you can turn those off too. There's different ways to set those boundaries and physically turn your day off when your day is over. There's other ways that you can set that barrier between work and home too at the end of your day when you're transitioning from being at work to coming home. So I use that drive between work and home to try to kind of like flip a switch and and restart, you know, the next part of my day. Sometimes you need to physically park the car and just sit for a few minutes to like regroup, refresh, and, and turn the page onto your next, next shift, if you will, your shift of home, your shift of your family, your shift of parenthood, because it's, you know, your workday doesn't just turn off when you leave the office. For some people, you're really good at setting that boundary. I need that buffer of that 30 minutes in the car from work to home to let go of the day and to start, you know, start my home piece, if you will, my home silly, but you know what I mean. Start the at-home work. So take a few minutes before you get home and, and reset yourself. Before you walk in the door or pick up your child from daycare or the after-school program. Take that time to try to compartmentalize. I can never get that word out. Your work and close that up and, and open the next page of being at home. Setting that intention, again, going back to setting intentions, before you walk into home to spend time with your family, it goes a long way to allow you to like show up as your best version of yourself at home too. So just to recap, there's five things we're talking about today. Taking control of what you can, being intentional, planning breaks, having your tribe, and trying to separate work and home physically. So those are the tips that I have for today. I hope that you enjoyed this um, episode. It was a little bit longer than my other episodes have been, but still probably short enough for your commute. Short sure enough to fit in my community. At least. Um, I hope that if you have a friend, a family member, a coworker, a fellow supervisor, <laughs> your supervisor, who you think could really benefit from listening to this, I would love if you would share it with them. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at Adventures of a New You. And the website is adventuresofanewyou.com. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.